All right, all right, all right, everybody. Welcome to Sunday morning service. Who is glad to be in the house of the Lord on this beautiful March Sunday morning? Amen. We are going to have the best time ever today. We are super excited. We've got Julius and Ruth and Jonathan Marar with us this morning, everybody. Amen. Some of our all-time favorites. It has been a few years since they've been able to be here with us. And so uh, they are our missionaries to India and uh, from India. And it's going to be a phenomenal day hearing the Word of God and getting some updates on everything going on right there. So you picked a great Sunday to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Well, let's stand up together. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America, just like we always do. And then we're going to take a few minutes to do some meet and greet time together. Amen. Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, justice... Did I say it wrong? No, whoa, 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 whoa. I, we declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. All right. Well, we're going to take a few minutes here to go do a little meet and greet time. Find somebody, give them a great big hug, handshake, fist bump, whatever it takes. Just make sure everybody gets some love today. Amen. Let's go. I give you my attention. My focus, pushing off the limits In this moment, I feel your spirit moving All around me, come and have your way I'm looking at these dry bones, you're reviving The space inside of my soul, you're igniting You're calling me to levels that are higher I can see your face When I say
We have got a lot going on today, and over the next few weeks, we are right in the Easter season, and so we are going to have a great time celebrating Jesus this year, just like we always do, but we want to make him the center of it all, all right? And so we have a great service today. As we told you already, our missionaries from India, Julius and Ruth Maror and Jonathan are with us, and so... Brother Bishop Julius is going to be preaching the word to us in just a little bit. And this man is pure fire. So you better hold on to your seats and be ready for a hot word from God today. Amen. All right. We're going to get into the announcements. Uh, but a few acknowledgments real quick. I, I got to acknowledge that my little sister, even though I was really mean to her two weeks ago, and her husband Colin and Violet and Bella have moved here from Indiana. Amen. So... They are officially in Barstow. They are Californians now, and they're going to be with us from here on out. So uh, we're glad to have them with us and just, you know, they're going to be part of the family. So I'm really excited about that. All right. I'm going to let Pastor Katie do the announcements and fill you in on all the goings on. That's incorrect English, but, uh, you know, whatever. Praise the Lord. While we're on incorrect English, this is for the sake of Miss Pete. Can I just tell you all? Right now, conversate is not a word. It's conversation. I'm just saying. Conversation. I know, that's just a freebie for today, and that's not from Jesus, it's just from me. Anyway, on Tuesdays, we have this Zoom Bible study that's been going on since COVID. Um, so it's been going on for a really long time, but we just haven't advertised it for some kind of reason. So I need to tell you that what it does, this Bible study goes over whatever the Sunday sermon was and they pray for each other and encourage each other and you don't even have to leave your house. Okay. So there really is no excuse not to go because you know, you're on your couch at that time anyway. So it's the second and the fourth Tuesdays at 6 30 PM. And it's just a time to dig a little deeper into the word and to fellowship with each other. And again, pray for each other, just encourage each other. Rosalinda Palakiko, if you would stand, my friend, this is Rosalinda. Uh, And Miss Betty, if you would stand. These ladies have just kept it going. And if for nothing else, for each other amidst these three years. And it's been a massive encouragement to them. So Rosalinda will be sending a link out to the whole congregation this week, right? Sometime this week. And you can follow that link or get in contact with her through that. And we'll make sure that you can be a part of that as well. And it just is, it's just an encouragement throughout the week. So that'll be awesome. Um, also, did you notice that we smashed something when you drove in this morning? <laughs> Jesus. Can I just tell you, the modular, the mobile home that was over here that has just been a problem for a lot of years and an eyesore, um, and was the first thing you saw, you know, when you very first come to our church and drive onto our property, that's the first thing you see. Anyway, thank you, Officer Alva. Where's he at? Uh, Mr. Alva and team. And so Doug and Raymond were also involved in that and some of Nick's friends. Um, that thing is just smashed. And there's a beautiful video of him just hitting beams with, with a sledgehammer and it just, it just goes. So this week it's all going to get cut into pieces and hauled off and all that until such a time as that. Please do me a favor. 
don't be curious and help your children not be curious, okay? So you stay on the asphalt and this side of the parking lot, don't go over there or we're sending Robert, okay? Now, first of all, we know from services, Robert can run real fast. And second of all, we know he does not mince his words. He will be very clear on what you should not be doing. So stay away from the trailer. (laughs) Okay, so there's that. Um, Also, men's meeting is coming April 1st. And no, it is not an April Fool's joke, though I'm sure some of you will be playing those. Anyway, Jesus doesn't like April Fool's, okay? Jesus likes men's meeting on April Fool's Day. 9 a.m., men's meeting. And can I just tell you, for the sake of Pastor Josh's children and my wonderful nephews, bring donuts. I've said so many times not to bring donuts that y'all really quit bringing donuts because all of you you need donuts. And you know Pastor Dave's going to bring cereal. So anyway, praise God. Next Sunday's Palm Sunday. Okay, that's important. That's important. So Palm Sunday is the start of what we call Holy Week. And we, um, just by tradition in our style of churches, don't make a big deal out of that. But you should, as a family, make a big deal about that and teach your kids what the process of Jesus' life was all about and what the process going to the cross was for so that when we get to Easter and we celebrate that he rose from the dead and that that same power lives in us, that they know what we're talking about, okay? So make a big deal out of Holy Week. Don't miss next Sunday. And then that's, of course, followed by Easter Sunday, okay? Praise God. Well, we're going to let Miss Mata come talk to you about Easter and the Easter invites. All of you are going to get an invite, every single one of you. I expect for you to get rid of it, okay, and invite some people. Okay. So speaking of words are not words but really actually are words, peeps is a word. It's right here on this package. It is a word. Yes, yes. It's what we call our friends, too, our peeps, right? So what you're, and our neighbors and our church family, our peeps, right? <laughs> All the peeps. So what I have here is a package of peeps. And it says, Jesus is risen, tell all your peeps. And on the back of it, boom, I know. Oh, was I supposed to drop the mic? (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) And on the back of that is an invitation for Easter Sunday. Um, And so what you can do, and what I've done every single year, is go to your neighborhood. Buy a bunch of these. They're $1.24 at Walmart, okay? Um, you can get the smaller packages for $1.25 at Dollar Tree, but I don't know why you would do that when you can get more in this one. So, but um, And then go around to your neighbors and invite them to Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. And then they get peeps. They get sugar on top of it. They can eat it before they come so they have enough energy to get through the, the scripture egg hunt and all that other good stuff. But make sure you grab some of the invitations on at the info booth to put on the back. And I have some of these. Um, uh, at the info booth too. There's several different ones. I don't know if I, yeah. I dip, uh, there is different ones on here. So yeah, so then tape them on there, tape the invitation on the back, go around to your neighborhood, um, stand outside of Walmart, do whatever you want to do. Just make sure you get them out and so that people can see that we are going to have an awesome, yeah, don't get arrested. Thank you. <laughs> uh, now I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> um, Yeah, so people know that we're going to have an awesome and amazing service here on Easter Sunday, April 9th. The other thing is, can I tell them about needing help for the scripture egg hunt? I mean, um, so we we need a lot of people. We actually need a lot of candy still. 
We have at least 1,800 eggs. Normally, we only shoot for 1,000, and there's a science behind it, and I would, would give you numbers, but it'll take, you too, uh, take too long to explain it all. So we still need bags and bags and bags of candy. So if you can still go buy some candy, no more eggs. We only just need candy right now, but we still need lots and lots of candy. Um, on top of that, we do have some sign-up sheets at the info booth um, for April 1st. Uh, we are going to be stuffing those eggs with scriptures and candy, and we're going to be right here in the coffee bar. So we're going to need a lot of help. Again, there is some science and math behind all of that. We need people, or other people are going to have to stay here twice as long stuffing eggs. So sign up for that. And then we need help hiding the eggs. Well, not necessarily hiding they're going to be in plain sight. But we need people to grab an egg and put it on the ground um, right outside the church on um, Easter Sunday. On Easter Sunday. The morning of, yes, so before church. So, and we are going to meet here at 8 a.m. to do that. Sorry, I know it's so early, but that's just how things are. So, yes, Jesus did rise. Oh, it's so true. He, Jesus rose early, too, so you can rise early. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still have to go upstairs and be with a bunch of uh, preschool and kindergartners, so I'm, I'm trying to save some of my, <laughs> my words right now. <laughs> um, and so if you guys can sign up um, for, at the info booth for hiding the eggs and for stuffing the eggs, and if you guys can bring some eggs, that would be greatly appreciated. All right, thank you. Praise God. <laughs> okay, so... Ushers are going to come and pass these out to you. Make sure that you give them out this week. Everyone gets one. Um, please invite somebody. But in addition to that, on April 2nd, uh, some of these eggs that we're stuffing, first of all, we stuff them with candy. But second of all, we make sure that there's scripture in there, which is why we call it a scripture egg hunt, because the candy's just a bonus. Uh, so on April 2nd, we're going to take 300 of those eggs to a city event with a bunch of other churches and believers and get scripture out to kids who maybe would not normally make it to church. And they get invited by all these churches so that they can find a good, healthy home church. Praise God. If you're with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, can you wave at me? Wave at me. We have a present for you. We love you. I'm so glad that you're here. We're crazy like this all the time, but it's good. We love Jesus. We just need him every day. Okay, Miss Sabrina is going to bring you some information about the church and a card for you. If you would fill out that card and meet us at the info booth after service, we have a gift that we would like to give to you. And I believe there's some coffee involved. I'm just saying. Okay. Also, this Sunday is the last Sunday for the next month that the Chi Ellifsons are going to get to be together as a family because Chris uh, will be serving some duty in the National Guard for the next month. So we would like to pray over them today. Were you advised of this, Chris? Amen. 
We love uh, Chris and Melissa and the kids. They're a wonderful part of our church family. And, and we also honor Chris uh, for his service to the nation. He's, he was in the Army for a long time and now serving in the National Guard. And uh, he's getting ready to just be, be off for a month serving. And we want to pray over them and the family. And we know that the Lord's with him uh, everywhere that he goes. But the Lord's arms are also around the rest of the family while Dad is out of town for a little bit. Amen. And so we're going to lay hands on them this morning and just pray over them uh, for the blessing of God to be upon them. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for Chris and Melissa, Lord, and the kids. And we thank you, Lord, that uh, that they love you with all of their hearts, God. And this is a godly family. They're raising these kids up in the ways of God. And we we, we appreciate that, Lord. And, 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 Lord, we thank you for what they're doing. I pray that as Chris is gone serving over this next month, uh, Lord, that the, the angels of God surround and protect him everywhere he goes. And he is safe. He is protected, and he is accomplishing everything that he is uh, tasked to do. And, Lord, we also thank you that Melissa has the grace of God with the kids to, to be able to uh, be mom and every other role she needs to be over the next season uh, during all of this. And we know that this is going to be nothing but a blessed time. Chris will be back before we know it. And the family is doing good. They are victorious in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. We love our church family. Amen. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? It is happy time. You're like, well, what in the world is that? Well, hey, 2 Corinthians 9 tells us that God loves a cheerful giver. And so we get a little bit happy when we have a chance to be givers. Amen. If you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers will give you one for your tithes and offerings. And if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. We're going to open up our Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 6. Amen. Matthew chapter 6. Now we're going to be... Uh, doing an offering for Julius and his ministry at the end of the service after uh, he preaches to us. And so keep that in mind that at the end we'll be doing uh, uh, our missions offering for uh, for uh, Bishop Julius. Right now this is just the regular uh, tithes and offerings for the church. So Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to look at two verses out of this uh, passage. I'm going to start with verse 24, and I'm in the New King James. Matthew 6 and verse 24, it says, No one can serve two masters. You can't do it. Why? For he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. And if that verse just stopped right there, that would make perfect sense. But it goes on to tell us that this is actually referring to money. It says, you cannot serve God and mammon. And you're like, well, what's mammon? That means money. Now listen, we work hard for money. We do a lot of good things to get money so we can take care of our family and what else, uh, anything else we need to take care of. But I can tell you this much. I do not serve money. It doesn't tell me what to do. It doesn't tell me, no, you can't obey God on that. No, you can't help out with that project over there. You couldn't give to to Brother Julius and everything going on in India. You can't do it. No, money is not my master. It is not my boss. Amen. Jesus is my master this morning. Amen. 
And so as I'm serving him, he will always make sure that I've got the resources and the finances to do what I need to do. So look at verse 33 here. Very famous verse out of the Bible. Matthew 6 and verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Someone should say amen today. Amen. Now check it out. I love how God's ways always kind of go contrary to the thinking of this world. The world would say, man, if you give into that offering, if you help these people over here, if you do this, you won't have any left for your family. But no, the word of God says if we will seek his kingdom above everything else, he will make sure that the things we need are added unto us. We're not going to have to to beg and, and crawl and plead. No, no, no. Our father loves us. He will make sure the things we need are added unto us if we will seek his kingdom first. Amen. All right, let's stand up together today. We are going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings and everything we do we want to do it by faith because anything that's not of faith is sin and so we do even our giving is all by faith amen so let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together today as we bring the lord's tithe and give offerings today we believe we receive jobs or better jobs promotions raises and bonuses benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Feel free to join us at the altar for worship And let's sing together Yahweh Yahweh Holy is your name I don't want to take it in vain Yahweh, Yahweh, holy is your name, I don't want to take it in vain, there will be no other God before you, there will be no other God before you, there is no Nobody like you There will be no other God before you No one, no one, no one No one, no one, no one Sing Yahweh
sing this. You call the sun to
Well, Bishop Julius, you want to come up? <laughs> Amen. He, he was half off at the India already. <laughs> Amen. I'll tell you what, we, we love this family so much. I, amen. I, we've, we've become together back in about 15 years ago, I'd say 15, 15 years or longer ago. And uh, I was asking him this morning uh, how many languages he speaks. He said, I think about 15 or 16, somewhere in there. And so I walked up on him and Jonathan talked, and I started talking in tongues. I thought I might hit one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do that with people from other nations because I may end up preaching to them because, you know, sometimes tongues come down that way. But anyway, this is such a mighty, awesome man of God. He's truly a bishop. He's got churches in India, Nepal, and places over there. And uh, he's, got, he's got a lot of things. But it tells, I like that one part you told me about that tribe. I won't say that you can tell your, tell your own things. But the main thing is when we're, when we're hooked up with somebody like this, we're not only just doing a good thing. We're doing a God thing to change the world. And I'm going to say this to our congregation again because I say it all the time. When I was a baby pastor back in, back in the early 1990s, I, I just didn't know how to do anything. I, I knew about things. I've been a Christian for a while, seen churches, but I didn't want to do anything I didn't know God wanted me to do. And I knew missions was a good thing, but I just wasn't really one of these pastors caught up in the man. That's my whole thing, man. I'm going to go out and win the world through missionaries. But the Lord told me exactly why churches are part of missions. And you that go here uh, frequently, you've heard me say this before, the Lord told me, he said, you help me reach the world, I'll help you reach your part of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, to me, I'm going to say it to you again as you hear him today, he is so vital to your families getting saved and getting in church. That is something your head would never understand. But God always works on seed time and harvest. What you sow is what you reap. And so as we sow love, prayers, finances, and things into missionaries, they're going to other places that need Jesus, that Jesus is looking down at the Kopi family. He's looking down at the Garcia family. He's looking down at your family, and he's seeing your sowing for other people you don't even know to come to the family of God. And so God then will send local missionaries to your family. What's a local missionary? You are. You are. Yesterday, Del Taco some guy from out of town crossed my path and started talking and carrying on and wanted to know, what brought you to California? And I said, Jesus. And so I started talking for a while. And so he started testing about, you're religious. Huh? I said, no, I'm a Christian. Oh, but, but, but you're a sinner, right? And I said, no, I'm a born-again Christian. He said, well, all the, all the preachers I talk to say we're all sinners. I said, I was a sinner, but I got saved by grace. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. So you know what I was? I was a missionary to this man's family that had prayed for somebody to cross his path. Right. And so as you as you are part of God's mission program, God's going to have people cross your path, and you're going to say, you think in your understanding, I don't know how they could ever get saved. Well, I know the one that knows how. As I work in partnership with him to reach the world, he's got people that are reaching mine. It's just amazing how this works. Anyway... That's why we love missionaries. That's why we love to be a part of what they're doing. And so these guys are really, really very, very awesome. And wait to hear him talk, man. I'll tell you what, he more than energized a buddy. I mean, he's one of these times like cranking, yes. the, cranking the cat's tail and let him go. Yes. He's going to go. Julius, we love you. Yeah. Glad you're here.
and, and by the way, don't forget when he's finished, we're going to take up an offering for him to help them along. Amen. I got this in mind. Well. <laughs> All right, I go up there. I'll come down later. <laughs> All right, good morning, everyone. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Yes, yes. You know, I, I don't uh, uh, care much about seven-day Adventist, but I do care about seven-day absentist. There are a lot of seven-day absentists. They are absent. Instead of saying, when the Lord is calling your name, instead of saying, here I am. <laughs> yeah. The greatest enemy of a preacher or a pastor are these empty chairs. Yeah. We want all of them to be filled. Amen. Good to be here in Barstow. Woo! Hallelujah. And this time, a chilly Barstow. Most of the time it's hot. Yes, but uh, I was thinking what am I going to wear in Barstow and thank God for the app that tells me that it's 41 degrees here. So I said, all right. <laughs> I am so glad to be here with my one wife and one son. Well, you know, you have to make it clear. Uh, one of the guys in India asked me, he said, uh, Bishop Julius, uh, you know, in Old Testament, they used to have more than one wife, like polygamy. Do you have any verse against that in New Testament? I said, well, not exactly, but check this out. The Bible says, a man cannot serve two masters. And one is good enough for me. So I don't need any more. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Wonderful. Yes, 15 years ago, I met this wonderful, wonderful, one of the most humble couple in uh, Visalia, in one of the mission conferences. And uh, uh, right away, we hooked up and uh, we felt uh, our call and our friendship and our relationship right there. And for the last 15 years, uh, this couple has been uh, one of our closest friends, mentor, like parents, if I would say. Uh, I'm only 15 years younger than Sister Janice. Figure it out. So, uh, <laughs> uh, since then, they have started supporting our ministry over there in India. And uh, not a month they have failed to send their uh, support. Not just their prayer but they have put their love into action. A lot of people are people of word, but not people of deed. But when you put your deed or your word with the deed, that's when you are making your tree bring forth fruit. I mean, what good a fruit tree is that you keep planting and there is no fruit out of it? You better chop it off and put it in the fire. It's already cold here, you know what I mean? Use it. For something else, if it doesn't, fruitful. A Christian life must be fruitful. Because God would not take much for that fruitless tree to be cut off. He might give you 
a year of grace. And you know, we, I think that we are already in the year of grace now. We used to divide the world into two parts, AD, BC and AD, you know, before Christ and, and Adomni in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. But now, looks like we have to, we have to divide into other two parts, which is BC and AC, which is before Corona and after Corona. <laughs> Lot of people were before Corona. I lost six of my family members in a week. Monday my brother dies, Tuesday my aunt dies, Thursday my, uh, Wednesday my uh, uncle dies. I mean six people in my family. And do you know where we live? You know the next city from Riverside is Corona. <laughs> it says, welcome to Corona. I said, yeah, right. Yeah. You can have it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So good to be here. And uh, especially knowing the younger generation of the Samples family. Uh, Pastor Sample, Sister Sample, you both are awesome people. Thank you. You are not just in Barstow. You are all the way in Nepal, in the mountain of Himalayan mountains. You are out there in the uh, bushes and in the uh, way out there. You know, some places in India, I, I always say that when Jesus said, you will be witness unto the end of the world, many times I feel like I'm already at the end of the world, you know, because those places are so remote out there. But your love, make your life worthwhile while you are here on this earth. Everyone has to go, folks. Nobody knows when, but make sure that while you live, you know, just your hundred dollars can make a whole family, missionary family in India with, you know, one wife and <laughs> two, two children or whatever. They can live out in the village in a remote place and preach the gospel just for hundred dollars a month. I mean, that hundred dollars nowadays with the inflation, you know, egg being eight dollar a dozen. Doesn't go much farther, but can you imagine your hundred dollars can go to preach the gospel into a remote place? And I'm here to give you some good news about the work that we are doing. Let me rewind, or go back a little bit. It was 1909 when God called an American young lady, 19 year old, Mrs. McCarty from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm talking 1909. And God gave her a vision to go to India. Her parents said, what are you thinking? India in those days was known for snakes and tigers. Well, we still have snakes and we still have tigers. But that's all people knew about India. And they said, no, you are not going. But you know, God's calling are without repentance. When God calls you, he doesn't scratch his head and says, oh, I'm sorry. It's uh, Hawaii actually, not India. <laughs> when God says it, he means it. Even though it doesn't mean much to us. <laughs> doesn't make much sense to us, but when God says it, it means. And finally, long story short, she ends up in India. There she went to a home, a refugee home. And that's where my grandfather and grandmother were, in India. And uh, they were orphans. Uh, they were already kicked out of their families. 
the Hindu families, you know, India is dominated Hindu religion. 98% people worship Hindu religion. And Hindu religion is, uh, I would say, a religion that is confused. That is confused. 365 million gods are worshipped in that religion. 365 million gods. <laughs> and that, you know, they all take it from, from the Egyptians. When Israelites came out of Egypt, they brought a lot of gods with them. And the first thing God said, thou shall have no other gods before me. And I think we, again, we are going back to the same thing. Maybe not millions, but at least few dozens. Our sports are becoming our God. Our entertainment is becoming our God. Anything that you start giving priority to the God Almighty becomes a God for you. Thou shall have no other gods before me. So my grandfather and grandmother and Mrs. McCarty, three of them, got together and God again renewed the vision to go way up north of India, close to the Nepal border. And in 1911, I'm talking about 1911, they established a ministry. And I'm here to tell you that that ministry is still continuing on. 125 years later, that ministry is still continuing. Way out there, right in the midst of Buddhism, Hinduism, Jainism, Sikhism, you name it. India is a country of religion, folks. With multiple millions of gods. And that's where we are preaching the one and only true God. And I'm here to give you a good report that in spite of all the persecution, a daily threat on our lives. In fact, right now, while I'm speaking, 250 preachers are behind the bar in India, in my state only. Forget about the rest of India. And we have 1.35 billion people over there. So many preachers are being put behind the bar. Right now, the government is trying to make India a Hindu nation. Like Islamic nation, you know all of that. They are trying, because India is a secular nation. Everybody, anybody can practice their own religion, preach their own religion, convert to any other religion. But they are trying to make conversion, anti-conversion. That anybody converts from Hinduism to Christianity or any other religion will be punished. I mean, the guy who is instigating. And we are on their target. They are trying, next year is our general election for our president and that's what they are trying to make India. But I tell you what, more they persecute us, more we multiply and grow. That's the problem with Christians. We need persecution. Persecution is very healthy for the kingdom of God. You know when Jesus said, be in Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem. They received the power. I'm talking about the disciples. And they were, they were so excited. Oh, we got everything and 3,000 were added in a day. And they said, my goodness, we got to make a church and it's going good. And suddenly there arose a persecution. And all of them were scattered. 
They were scattered so far away that one of the apostles, Thomas, went all the way to India. He was martyred over there. God is waiting for us to go across the world and preach the gospel. Amen? And thank you. Thank you, church. Thank you, Pastor David. Thank you, Sister Katie. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Mother of five now. Wow. So beautiful. Look at their kids. Aren't they cute? Yeah. I can take one. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Since my son is still single, you know. Yeah. We might have one. <laughs> he got a cat. Yeah. And uh, we are trying to get him hooked up with somebody, but you know, it's not working here in America. Arrange marriages only in India. But he's too Americanized. <laughs> you know, the wife that you see, my wife Ruth here, was picked up by my mother. And when she walked down the aisle, I looked at her and I looked at my mother. I said, thank you, you know. And uh, <laughs> 30, 33 years later, 34 years later, we are still dating. And we are still trying to know each other. You know, I put it this way, that uh, <laughs> in India we have arranged marriages. And after the marriage, we start trying to know each other. And by the time you get to know each other, it's too late to leave. So we just stick together, you know. Yeah, so it takes a while. Amen, amen. Let me show you some uh, video of our work. Uh, the first video I'll show you about the work in general that we do. It's just a three, four minute video. And uh, it will give you an idea that uh, we have several churches. We have a Bible college. We just inaugurated the building of the Bible college. We used to have a school, but because of the COVID, we have to shut it down. Uh, and But we still feed uh, the hungry children on a daily basis. Uh, we do uh, preaching out in the streets and in the villages. And we have audio-video ministry. We have different tools, but with one goal, that somehow... The name of Jesus must be preached. The gospel. Folks, this is the true gospel. He, Jesus came. You know, when the, when the whale was rent, it was rent from top to bottom. Right? Alright. How many pieces of that whale? Two pieces. Two pieces. It says that. It doesn't say it was just rent. It says two pieces. What are these two pieces? It says that Jesus came with grace and truth. These are the two pieces of that whale that rent. From the top, from the bottom. So we have the access. We have the access with His grace. And we have the access with the truth that is in the Word of God. Hallelujah. So let's watch this, uh, uh, the first video, brother, the India 2023. Alright, so I will give you the narration what this is all about. Go ahead. I mean, even in India, we have best of equipment, best of everything. 
And, you know, the devil is not happy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, we, will, we will get it going. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, also, there is another video that I'll show you later on when everything is fixed. Is uh, Do you want the flash drive? Or? Okay. Uh, Jonathan, can you find the flash drive? It's uh, in one of the Ziploc bags. All right. Hold on. So recently, uh, well, take it back. In 2020, when everything was locked down, I was locked in here in Riverside. I was very happy I'll be with my family for a while because most of the time I'm traveling. Uh, either I'm in India, even if I'm in the States, I'm traveling around preaching the gospel. And I was happy I'll be with my family. Uh, but very soon... All my joy was gone because then I found out that uh, I became a slave right in my house. Because Ruth and Jonathan were working from home. Except me. So they give me all the instruction. Alright, Julius, for breakfast, I need, you know, this is the menu. I need sunny side up. I need bacon. Uh, fully cooked. I said... Wait a minute. I thought slavery has gone from America. Oh, looks like it came back into my house. <laughs> but it, I really enjoyed being with here, being with them. But at the same time, I was feeling so dull. I was feeling so uh, uh, guilty conscious, if you uh, use the word, that I'm not out there because that's what I have been doing all my life. And I'm not preaching the gospel, I'm not reaching, I'm not talking to the Hindus, I'm not talking to the Muslims, I'm not convincing them, I'm not preaching, the, giving them the word of God. What am I doing? And God opened the door through internet. Bible says, freely you have received, freely you give. And many times I thought, yeah, I have received it freely, but how can I give it freely? It takes money, especially... You know, preaching all over the world, if you go on television, they charge you a lot of money. And I don't have that much money. God said, don't worry, there will be a time. It will be all free. And now Facebook and YouTube, it's all free. Right? And we started bombarding the internet by our preaching. Is ready? All right. So let's go ahead and uh, hold on, brother. Let me finish this. So we started preaching the gospel 24-7, our, our people over there in India, and I was here, and we got internet, we got uh, cameras, we got, you know, computers, everything. And we started because we were the only one who had the message of hope in the world. Hindus have pulled back, Muslims have pulled back, all other religions have pulled back because they have, they had nothing to tell. 
people were asking, how long are we going to be in this? What happened? What is this? When it is coming? Where is coming from? China, this is that. And all of, you know, how confusing everything was. How chaotic everything. Except us, we had the word of hope. And we were preaching the gospel. One of the comments, you know, people commented on that. One of the comments was, for, sir, we are starving to death. And uh, we have no access to food. And if we don't get food in two or three days, we'll all die. And I said, who is this guy? And then I began to find out. And we I found out that this was a man who put that comment was close to our hometown over there in India, in Gorakhpur. And I asked my people, I said, go out and see what's going on there. So they went out there and they found there was this uh, tribe that lived about 30 miles outside the city limits where I live, Gorakhpur. And uh, they were a tribe. They're, they're, they're different. They are called tribe. And later on, we found out they were the lost tribe of Dan. You know, the, Jacob had 12 sons. And one of the sons was Dan. And if you Google it, the, the tribes, a tribe of Dan was lost because they were in India. And there are only 3,000 of them remain. And the one that are close to my town, there are about a thousand of them. And since they are tribe, they are not educated. They are, they don't uh, uh, associate with other Indians or other uh, people. And they live in a separate section of the society. And their only earning is to go out in the villages and cities and ask for, they are beggars kind of. They ask for arms, food and grain and all of that. And that's how they live. They live just like a tribe. They don't have no school. They don't have no facility. They don't have, I mean, they are, they are, they are very, very, of course, you can't get poorer than them. But they are the lost tribe of Dan. And once I got to know that, I said, all right, we are going to take care of you. And we started sending grains. We started sending food. We started sending purified water and all of that. And they sustained. Six months later, I went to India when everything was calm and quiet and got open. I went back. And this young man was there and he said, sir, I'm the one that wrote that comment on your Facebook. I'm the chief of that tribe, a young man. And he took, takes me to his clan, to his tribe. That day, about 800 of them had already gathered there to listen to me and take Jesus as their one and only personal savior. Let's, brother, let's watch that tribe first. And now we have already baptized 400 of them and 600 of them are still waiting. Hallelujah. Let's watch this if, uh, yeah. So this is their, their village. The government has made small houses for them, but they are completely separate from any inhabitant or any city or any village around. And that's me in the red check and, uh, with all the mask and everything. And I go there. And they were already gathered there. 
and they were so happy to have me. They just live like gypsies, like nomads. And uh, how, none of them has doors in their, uh, on their uh, door, I mean the, the closing thing. And because they live like a family. place of worship for them uh, activity center same same thing a hall kind of thing and uh, because they they are gathering under a tree in rain and in sun and i think it's our responsibility jesus called his disciples and said feed them it is your responsibility oh it's we have only have two fish and five loaves doesn't matter doesn't matter if you have the attitude of gratitude <laughs> if you want to really want to do something i'll i'll do it i'll bring it to me i want to want you to pray for this this project the lord willing i'm going back in may and hopefully i'll get enough that we'll buy a parcel of land and uh, we'll put a shed or something so they can have a place of worship amen hallelujah do you have another video ready? All right, let's watch this video and then we will go for the word of God. All right, so our headquarters is way up there where you see Nepal. That's called Gorakhpur. That's the city. A billion people live in there, all Hindus, all worshipping 300 million gods. Yeah, Jonathan took that video from a drone. And we are like a light in that darkness. This is our mother church that Ruth and I founded it. And you see all these crowds. They have received Christ. They have left all other gods behind. And now, they are firm believers. The best thing that we don't have no backsliders. Because there is no back to slide on. You know. Yeah. Once they are there, they are so happy. They said, why didn't we find Jesus before? And this is the whole family gets baptized. Because baptism is a very, uh, that's where you announce and denounce your other thing and announce that I belong to Jesus and Jesus alone. Hallelujah. We have adult Bible class because a lot of people have no knowledge of uh, gospel. Then we have community feeding. There are a lot of people are illiterate, cannot read and write. So we have audio video ministry. We also have several churches in Nepal and we take care of that. A, a country that was completely banned for gospel preaching now is open and we have uh, penetrated and we have gone into that uh, 
country also. And this is in a village. We go out in the village. It's uh, very difficult to do that, but God gives us the access. We do the open air evangelism, and we also feed the kids. These kids are called the untouchable. You know, India is made out of four caste system, high caste, middle class, low caste, and then there are untouchables. And untouchable means you don't touch them. They are like animals. But we take care of them. We still feed them. We just built a Bible college with your support and your help. And it's become a lighthouse in that dark area. And uh, that area is so much uh, idol worshipping and evil worshipping. But Ruth and I were there to inaugurate that hall. So on Sunday we use it as a church. And from Monday to Friday we use it as classroom. And you can see that beautiful church because of you, American Americans, we owe you and we are indebted to you because of your sacrifice. We are able to fill that place. Isn't that wonderful? God has given us the beautiful place over there. And these are some of our Bible college students. And they are so excited once they get to uh, know the word of God. They want to go to their own people and preach the gospel. That's the way you need to do. I mean, you train the locals and send them because they know the language. They know the culture. They know how to. And we are doing our best with different tools, different means. But we are preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. God is good. I remember a few years ago, I mentioned about our bad water over there because our river, you know, Hindus, they cremate. And uh, many times they don't have enough wood to burn uh, because they don't have electrical, electric uh, funeral home, what you call, and furnaces. So they use uh, wood uh, to burn the body. And many times they don't have enough. So they just throw the body in the river. And our rivers are filled with corpse. And uh, that's the water uh, the city drinks. And uh, uh, when Pastor and Sister Sample saw that, they said, no, that's not good. We are going to get you a water purifier and a water cooler. And this church supported us. And that water cooler and purifier is still out there serving thousands of, thousands of people. And Jesus said, if you give me, give me, give these little one." Even one cup of what? Cold water. Yes. Thank you. You will never lose the reward. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. What makes us going over there in India? Every time I return back to India, I go with, I don't ask people to pray for me for my protection. God has already protected me. I need boldness. I need boldness that I can even sing in a dungeon. That I can stand before the authorities and say that how can I despise the vision and the word that I have received from heaven. That's what we need. We are, I think Christian, I don't know how it's America because I don't pastor here. But in India, Christians are the most Covered people, if I use the word. Anything happens in the world. Who gets affected? The Christian. The church. We become so finical. Looks like that we want everything to go our way. 
anything happens, it's the church that gets affected. People leave the church or people come to the church or people, whatever. Folks, God has not given us the spirit of fear. We need to take that thing out. So what keeps us going? If you have your Bibles with you, would you please take out the letter of Philippians to the Philippians. The letter to the Philippians. You must have the word of God with you. Hallelujah. This is, folks, this is, this is the strength, the word of God. It is the truth. The third chapter of the epistle of Philippians and verse number 10. That I may know him. Mm. Let me read the fourth verse. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh. If any other man thinketh that he had whereof he might trust in the flesh. I more. That's what Paul is saying. That I can have anybody put down with everything that I know. I have the knowledge of all the books. I know the philosophy. I know the theology. Everything. I mean, he talks all of that. But he said, I count it done. That's, that, that doesn't mean nothing to me. For what? What are you weighing on the other side? With all the qualification, all the qualities, all the education, all the riches and all the things that you have. Paul, what are you putting on the other side of the scale? And he said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Everybody say, the power of his resurrection. Heavenly Father, thank you for the manna that you have given to us this morning. Give us the ability to digest it. That we won't have the rejection, the mind of rejection, but we would receive it and bring forth fruit that would be 160 and 34. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. It's not the knowledge of resurrection, but the power of resurrection. There was a resurrection of several people in the Bible. For example, Lazarus was resurrected from the dead. But that was not the power. His resurrection, of course, Jesus was there. He said, I am the resurrection. Now Paul is saying that all the knowledge, theology, philosophy and everything that I know, all the googling that I can do, all the things that I can watch on YouTube and Facebook and everything. He said, if I put it on a scale, the other side of the scale, I would put the power of his resurrection. Because that's the power that takes the fear out of you. Fear is a very nasty thing. It, as I said, it makes you coward. <laughs> it makes you think that you are not supposed to do. They tell about this bad guy. He was frustrated. Not a good mix. He's a bad guy and he's frustrated. Not a good mix, right? So he comes home and he wants to west out his frustration. Where is he going to do that? He has a chicken pit and there were a lot of chicken in there. So he goes to the chicken and he said, I'm frustrated. And tomorrow morning, 
all of you are going two eggs, lay, going to lay two eggs for me. I mean, he was trusted. He said, not one egg, two eggs. Everybody give me two eggs tomorrow morning. Otherwise, you know what you're going to do. Well, next morning he goes and everyone has laid two eggs, but one. He hails that, that chicken with, with its neck and says, why one egg? I said two eggs. Why did you lay one egg? He said, sir, I was so scared of you that I laid one egg. In reality, I'm a rooster. <laughs> Fear will make you do things you are not supposed to do. You become so scared. And that's what Paul said. All these things will make me scared. And believe me, this corona has shown a lot of people who are scared. With all the knowledge and every, even the doctors were scared. Hallelujah. They were doing things that they were not supposed to do. Because they might have the, the, the knowledge of power, but they did not possess the power of his resurrection. What makes Ruth and I and Jonathan keeps going preaching the gospel in India? It's the power of his resurrection. If you go 40 miles east from Gorakhpur where we live, there is a city called Kushinagar. And in Kushinagar, there is a statue of a man named Buddha. How many of you know Buddha? All right, well, he was a god, right? He was from India. And he was, remember, he was 600 before, 600 BC in the timeline. And when Isaiah, Jeremiah, Nehemiah, Ezra were preaching in, in the Palestine, Buddha was preaching in India. That's the timeline of Buddha. So Buddha died in Kushinagar, 40 miles from the place where I live. If you come, I'll drive you over there. And there is an 18 feet long statue of Buddha, huge big statue, but it's the only statue in the world that is lying down. And what's underneath, they say that Buddha was cremated here. They call it nirvana, means he gave his soul up and all of that, but he was, he was buried, he was, his ashes are buried there, he was cremated, he was burned over there when he died, and, uh, Underneath the statue lies the ashes. All the Koreans or the Japanese, all the Asians, Eastern Asian, the Oriental countries, they come and they pay their homage to this dead God named Buddha. They rub the feet of that statue in order to get some blessing. If you were to go 60 miles west from the place where I live, Gorakhpur, there is a city called Ajodhya. In Ajodhya, there is a huge big temple. In fact, they are making a bigger temple than what it is right now. And inside the temple, there are three small statues of the main incarnation of Hindu religion named Rama. Rama, his wife Sita, and uh, his uh, brother Lakshmana. Three statues in there. And all the Hindus from India and also from the world, they go and they pay their homage because they say that Rama, Sita and Lakshmana had died and was buried right in that place. 
if you were to go 1,500 miles west from the place where I live in Gorakhpur, there is a place called Mount Abu. And in Mount Abu, there is a 100 feet tall naked statue of a man named Mahabir. And Mahabir happened to be the incarnation or main god of Jain religion. These Jainis are very uh, particular about not killing nothing. They put a mask, even before Corona, they put a mask on their face so they would not inhale any kind of creature and kill it. When they walk, they are very careful not to step off on any ant or any kind of small insect that they would be killing them. People go from all over the world, all over India, and they touch the feet, rub the feet and put it on their forehead, bow down before it. What are you doing? Well, Mahabir died and he is buried right underneath this statue. If you were to go 5,000 miles west from the place where I live in Gorakhpur, there is a place called Mecca. There is a black rock underneath the rock. There are the remains of a man named Muhammad, Prophet Muhammad. And all the Muslims, especially this time, it's Ramadan time. And they go out there and they pay their respect and homage to this dead Prophet Muhammad. If you were to go 7,000 miles from the place where I live, little north, west north, there's a place called Moscow. And in Moscow, there is a mausoleum. This mausoleum is made of a man that they call him Lenin. And he was the leader of communist culture, religion, thought, whatever you, philosophy, whatever you want to call it. People, all the communists go and they pay their respect and their homage. Why do they have to go over there? Because all these so-called gods and all these incarnations are they died and they are buried in that very particular place. But if I... If you give me and allow me this morning, I want to take you to another city. The city is called Jerusalem. And 2,000 years ago, they put a man in a grave. And they thought that just like other gods, other like other incarnation, this guy is also going to be buried right here. But three days and three nights later, that man came out alive. Hallelujah. You don't have to go to Jerusalem in order to pay your respect, in order to pay your homage. There is nobody out there. He is alive. He is not over there. He is right here. You can lift up your hand and say, Thank you, Jesus, that you have, you possess the power of your resurrection. My Jesus stands. All these gods stands and they are laying out there. But my Jesus, with all the triumph and with all the victory and with the power of his resurrection, stands all by himself. And he says, I am he that shutteth and no man openeth. And I am he that openeth and no man shutteth. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that you trust and believe in a God that is not just resurrected. He is a God who possesses the power of his resurrection. What makes you coward? What makes you back off? What makes you a backslider? You got the best, folks. You got a God who is not just a... Listen... Long time ago, I left worshipping a mighty God. Because there are a lot of mighty gods, small g gods in this world. But my God is an almighty God. 
he possessed all the power of heaven and on earth. Hallelujah. That's what, when I, Ruth and Jonathan, got to know the power of his resurrection. Nothing is stopping us. We are scared of dying. <laughs> you know, fear, the, the fear of death is the most powerful fear that we, we have. But Paul says, for me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. We love gain. <laughs> gain is extra. <laughs> Remember, gain is, gain is extra. Yes. Something that, that is more than you deserve or more than you expected, that's what gain is. That the word gain. It's not a profit. Gain is not profit. Gain is more than profit. Hallelujah. In Him, we are not just conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Oh, death, where is thy string? Jesus. Two weeks from now, we will be celebrating one of the most powerful event that this world has ever seen. My Jesus is alive. We don't have to go to Jerusalem. In order, I mean, go, you know, have a Holy Land tour, but not in order to get a blessing from there. You can get that blessing right here. Hallelujah. Even in the wilderness of Nepal, in the wilderness of India, they have found Jesus right there because he is not dead somewhere out there. He is alive forevermore. I said he's alive forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. If you have your Bibles, I'll give you one more example and I'll be through. Hebrew chapter 13. I'm talking about what the power of his resurrection. I want to show you that many times that power can only be seen by your faith. Faith is something that will give you the power to see something that the natural eyes can't see. So, Hebrew chapter 11 and verse number 22. By faith, Joseph. Mm. Hallelujah. You know the story of Joseph. Man. He gets out of his family. They betrayed him. His, his, his own brethren, they betrayed him. He goes into a foreign land, doesn't know the language, doesn't know the culture. But he was possessing something that was beyond anyone's comprehension. By faith, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. He said, after 430 years, God is going to visit you, they will be slaves. But after 430 years, God is going to visit them, will take them out. Even God will punish those who have made them enslaved. And listen to this. And gave a commandment concerning his bones. Now, what was that? <laughs> I mean, he prophesied about uh, Israelites or the children of Israelites will come out. Yes, that happened. But what was that? That he gave a commandment. So for that you have to read the Old Testament. I'm not reading, I'm just telling you that he said that when you depart, 
after 400 years, when you get out of the bondage of Egypt, don't leave my bones here. <laughs> Whoa, really? So what happened? Joseph goes to Egypt, he becomes the prime minister, he dies. Later on, mm, a pharaoh comes that even didn't know Joseph. Can you imagine Joseph, one of the great leaders of Egypt, the new pharaoh didn't even know about him. But in my opinion, and also the historian says, they say that they embalmed the body of Joseph. Because you know the Egyptians were skillful in embalming the body. You can still, you still see their mummies out there. And they said that they are very sure that they embalmed the body of Joseph. And must have made a mausoleum or some kind of monument. Moses comes on the scene. After 400 years, God takes the 430 to be exact. God takes them out. And he remembers that Joseph has given us an oath. Promise me that you will not leave my bones here in Egypt. Alright, so they took the bones or the body, whatever, maybe a mummified body. They took him out through the Red Sea, through the wilderness, through Sinai, through this, through 40 years. They were holding that dyed and dried bones. <laughs> they must be seeing that and they said, what are we doing with this? How, how superstitious we are. Why are we carrying the dead bones of this guy? Many of them didn't even know about Joseph. Right? Through every trials that they had to go through 40 years, they were carrying the bones of Joseph. <laughs> Hallelujah. Finally, they got to Canaan, the land of Canaan. And then they bought a parcel of land and they buried Joseph over there. But he was looking something that the world could not see. By faith, Joseph gave commandment concerning his bones. My subject is what? The power of his resurrection. Joseph was trying to find that power. He said, there is a power coming up. Down the line of corridor of time, Joseph was looking something that the people at that time could not see. He was looking that there will be a time when the angel of the Lord will appear to a lady, a virgin, in Nazareth and says, Thou shall have a baby. And thou shall name him Jesus. Joseph was looking through the telescope of faith. Listen, if you, if somebody says that if you go in a starry night, you can see about 3,000 stars at a time with your naked eyes. But if you take a telescope, we have a telescope at home and I look many times, I, I try to find out, I mean, there are millions and trillions of stars out there that only with that telescope you can see. Faith is a telescope. Very powerful telescope. What your natural eyes, natural mindset cannot see, you can see it through the telescope of faith. And Joseph was looking for the day when the Messiah will come. When the word will become flesh on this earth. And Jesus comes on the scene, hallelujah. And he 
did his ministry 33 years and a half. And one day he was crucified. But 27, 28 chapter of Matthew, very interesting. 27 chapter and 53 words. It says, when Jesus gave up his ghost, Father, receive my ghost, everything is finished. He cried out and he died. And the very second verse says, and the graves were opened. And many bodies of saints that slept arose and came into the holy city after his resurrection. And I strongly believe that when the graves were opened and when the saints arose, one of the saints were Joseph also there. Hallelujah. Because he was buried right outside Jerusalem. Oh, folks, I tell you what. There is power in resurrection. And Joseph knew that I want to be the part of that resurrection. Because that resurrection has the power to raise you from dead. Hallelujah. Even your natural circumstances don't agree with you. Your, the things that around you, the doctors, the medical, the finances, looking so bleak. They are looking so down. But with the telescope of faith, you can find the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah. For Abraham and Sarah, it was the power of resurrection. He believed in that power. In Hebrew chapter 11, it says that he had so much faith. He said, even when he took Isaac to sacrifice, he said, even if he's killed, even if he's dead, God Almighty has the power to raise him up. Hallelujah. And this morning, can I challenge you that if you are going through some valley of shadow of death, if you are going some very hard time and you think that there is no exit to that, that is the, that it is the, is the end, is the, is the dead end of your life, is the dead end of your opportunity. God has the power to open that dead end and make a way for you. Hallelujah. Would you all stand this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Paul said, with all the things that I know, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I just came back from India three weeks ago. And uh, before leaving, one Sunday, while I was on the pulpit, I received... Uh, uh, a slip and it says that pray for Ammon this is a 15 year old guy his name is Ammon and he was on dialysis for over 2 years his parents have found Christ and they started coming to our services for 2 years Ammon was not getting better every time he would go for dialysis his situation was getting worse. And finally that morning, but his parents, listen to this, his parents never gave up. Never backslid. Oh, we have been coming two years. You know, it's been too long. Ammon is not getting better. And they had the faith in Jesus Christ. And I was preaching, I was preaching about faith in the word of God. I said many times our situation don't match things with us. But if God is in there, hallelujah. So that morning, they were there, his parents, Ammon's parents were in the service. And they sent me the slip. They said, Ammon 
is in ICU. And doctor says they don't have no hope that he will come out of ICU alive. And I put that slip in front of my, my eyes and I put my hand on it. And I said, God, I've been studying about your power of resurrection. We don't need resurrection, we need the power of your resurrection. I said, if it's your will, let Amun rise from his bed and receive the power of your resurrection. That's what I prayed. As a pastor, what else can you do? <laughs> well, the week went by. It completely got off my mind about Ammon that I would ask, how is he doing? Next Sunday, while we were having fellowship, I just happened to remember about Ammon. And I said, I asked somebody, I said, anybody knows how Ammon is doing? And somebody said, he's right behind you. He's standing right behind you. And I looked, I said, Ammon, how are you? He said, I'm okay. Bishop, I'm okay. They sent me home and they said, no more dialysis. You are completely healed. Your kidneys are renewed. Ammon is enjoying a normal, healthy life. Don't tell me that I'm not keep going. <laughs> because I know the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah. It's not only for India, folks. It's for Barstow also. It's for this church. You have a great, faithful family that is serving you. That is serving the Lord. Thank you, Samples family. Thank you so much for serving this community. I know that you possess that power of resurrection. You have already taken it in the very first day you believed in Jesus. And that's what you have passed on to your children. And this morning, if you are going through some difficult time, and you do need that power of resurrection, you don't have to go to Jerusalem. You don't have to go to India. He can do it right here. Would you step forward? I would like to pray for you. My faith and your faith will match. There will be a double faith. Hallelujah. And you will receive a double anointing. You will receive the power of his resurrection. Don't hesitate. It's a great time. If your situation are betraying you, your family betraying you, if your mind failing you, if your finances failing you, close your eyes, folks. And you can step forward. I'm coming down here. I'd like to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. If Ammon can enjoy the normal healthy life, why would he withheld that power from you? It's not too late. It's never too late for Jesus. He wants to talk to you. He wants to love you. He died for you and then he rose again for you and I. That we might have life and life eternal. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes. 
He has enormous blessing. In the name of Jesus, the Nazareth. Hallelujah. I bless you, my brother. Because God loves you. And he's alive. Commit yourself to him and say, Lord, I'm yours. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, the Nazareth. Bless my sister here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Riba Shandaralaba. Hallelujah. 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 I'm laying hands on you just because I want to impart that faith, that power of resurrection that is in me to you. It's a seed that I'm sowing in your ground. The seed of faith. If you let it grow, take care of it. Believe me. You will have so much fruit that you won't be able to contain it. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, these are your precious people. Hallelujah. They love you. Hallelujah. They need you, Lord. They need you. Not only people in India and Nepal, people here in Barstow, they need you. These are your faithful people. Thank you, Jesus. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I want to impart, I want to lay the seed of hope and seed of faith in their lives. Hallelujah. Jesus is still alive. He is still alive. He wants to be alive in your life. Hallelujah. And give you much more that you can ever think of. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of God is truth. Hallelujah. Is truth. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus the Nazareth. In the name of Jesus the Nazareth. Hallelujah. 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 Baba Shandaralaba. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hold on to that faith, folks. Hold on to that faith. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Your faith will give you victory. Will release you. Will break every chain. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. You guys here in America have the best opportunity and best privilege that this world can't even think of. But remember, opportunities must be optimized. And privileges must produce. Your life should not go in vain and waste. God has given you the best. If you just say, Lord, I just want to follow you. I want to read your word and let that seed go deep down in my heart. Believe me, he is the Lord of harvest. <laughs> he is the Lord of harvest. Every one of you, believe me, after a year I come or whenever, you will be saying that I deceived by harvest. And it's hundredfolds. He will not give you less than hundredfolds if you can protect your seed and let it grow in the Lord. Pastor Sam. I want to say, I want to say something to all of you before you go back to your seats. God is not a feeling. He's real. 
The Holy Spirit's real. And so, whether you felt anything or not when he laid hands on you, some of you may have felt something, some of you may have not. But the fact is, he says, we walk by faith and not by feelings, not by sight. And so, what you do when somebody like this laid hands on you, whatever it is you came up here for and you're believing for, every time you think about that, from now on, just say, Lord, I want to thank you that your resurrection power, your anointing is working in my life in this situation, whether it's healing, finances, family things, whatever it is that you came up here for, instead of dwelling on what the problem was, say, Father, I want to thank you that your power take care of that now. And in the name of Jesus, I'm getting better every day. In the name of Jesus, this is changing every day. I just want to thank you, Lord. Things have changed because your power through a mighty man of God was released in me as getting better every day. How many can do that? If you do that, I, I promise you, based upon the authority of the Word of God, for Bible principles, was laying on hands of one of them, in the name of Jesus, things are changing. And if something didn't change, the only reason would be is because you let loose of your faith. So keep your faith activated by thanking Him. And you're tempted to say, well, I didn't get nothing. Well, you just shut it off. When you're tempted to say, how come it's no better yet? You shut it off. Every time you're tempted to say those kind of things, say, Lord, I want to thank you. You're true. Your word's real. It is working. I want to thank you, Jesus. It's working. Just say that before you sit down. Say, it's working. It's working. Because Jesus is real. His word's true. There's power in the name of Jesus. And that power is working in me now. Amen. Glory to God. Give the Lord a hand and have a seat. Amen. 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 You can be seated. You can go back to your seats. Thank you, sir. Wonderful. Hey. Amen. 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 Glory to God. How how many got something today out of this? How many were how many were blessed by his by by this family being here? Uh, and you know the. Hold up your hands in an envelope. We're going to take up an offering for him. And you can, you can give online if you want to or give on an envelope. But anyway, uh, you can put check, cash, or whatever, write your card number on there. You can do that. If they give online, what do they give it to? Okay, if you give online, uh, guest speaker, put it on there. But I want to tell you something that really caught my attention. Remember what I told you, what the Lord told me years ago? You help me reach the world, I help you reach your part of the world. Well, I don't know if everybody knows or not, but you know, sometime in the future, uh, I'm not the one that's over all that stuff, but we're going to be adding on to the building for a children's wing. How many know that? We've been talking about that for a long time. And uh, and with all the with all the new expansion that's going to be coming to this area in the next, next few years, you don't build a house as you've already got 15 kids better have a house where you get the kids amen well you know you you see how many children we have in children and youth and all the things going on when we have easter place christmas place man this place is packed out you see them all at one time then well as this city grows and this region grows like it's going to we are going to be ready to take care of those kids 
I get those kids in here. There's a lot of people. God is so much smarter than us. There's people around this nation right now that God knows this church has what that family needs for those children to succeed. And so God's right now in the motion of putting on people's hearts to move out here for the new jobs and things going on. And they don't know it, but he's tricking them. They think they're coming for money, but they're coming to learn about Jesus. And so their kids can be trained up to answer the call of God in their lives, what he has for them. And so I said that to say this. Everything that we've ever done in this church to help us succeed financially, the natural things we do, we help somebody else get that same kind of thing by sowing seeds of that same kind of thing. And, you know, if you want to to grow tomatoes, what kind of seeds do you plant? Tomato seeds. You know, if you're if you're planting flowers, if you want to if you want to grow tulips or whatever it is, you plant those seeds. And so we're not going to take up an offering for the building project yet. But I want you to be thinking about this. And Pastor Dave and Katie, they'll find out what God wants us to do. But somehow, some way, we're going to be a part of building that church for the tribe of Dan. Amen. I don't know what it is yet, but these guys at all will know. And I just think about that. I talked to him before the service about this, and I don't know if that really resonated with you like it did me, but think about this. Have we all heard, or most of you have called the lost tribes of Israel? They didn't know what happened to them. Can you imagine this, that God had those 3,000 remnant of that tribe right over there where he's at? And out of those 3,000, he's got to be a part of 1,000 of them. And he told me they've led a thousand of them to the Lord. That's by them. And they baptized 400 of them right before he came back. And they're, they're saying, we need a place to worship. Or maybe they didn't say that. Maybe he just saw it. I don't know. Because when you're in those places like that, I don't think you really realize what can be. But I remember one time a few years ago, you told us about some place you were at. They needed a building. At 20 American dollars built the building. <laughs> yeah, Nepal, $20 built a church building. And so I'm thinking about where we are right now. I'm thinking about God. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever. So God can see the past. God can see the future. God can see what's going on now. He looks everywhere all at one time. And so I'm very sure that God has already looked down from eternity past to eternity future to where we are and said, there's going to be a man named Julius that I'm going to hook up with this tribe. And he's going to be in America telling about what's going on. And there's a church in California that they need a seed to meet their need of what they're going to build. Listen to how I'm talking. This is how the whole, whole kingdom works this way. When you have a need for a car or something in your family then if you don't have nearly enough money to buy that car you find somebody else that has a need to fix their car or finish something for their car and you sell into cars and then your car shows up amen and so the whole thing is in the kingdom of God if what you have doesn't meet a need then it must be a seed Listen to me again. I'll talk to you now personally for your families where you are right now. If you've got something, but it's not what you need, there's got to be a seed. 
So you sow your seed, that God helps you meet your need. Amen. So just be thinking about that because of the future. We're going to be talking about this, finding out what part the church has. I'm so grateful we were able to buy that entire water system, right? Yeah. We was able to buy that entire system over there. That's probably been 10 years ago or longer. And that thing is still taking care of those kids. It really hit me right between the eyes. I saw pictures of little kids drinking out of a river with dead bodies beside the float. I thought, man, that's horrible. Those little kids should not have to drink out of that river. And guess what God did? In about one or two weeks' time, the entire buddy came in to help those people. And that helps our church do what we're doing. So anyway, just think about that. We're going to be helping whatever part we have. We'll, I'll talk to you later on, find out what all's going on there. We'll get specifics, and then we'll see what we do. Anyway, have you, have you got your checks made out, offering made out, all ready to give? Anybody need more time? We're all set to give. Let's stand up then. Amen. I want, I want to pray. I want to pray over the offering. And the Lord is not only going to be a blessing to them today through us, but you're going to be blessed because you give. Amen. Father, we want to thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, our church right here in the middle of the desert in California, Lord, we're not like Moses. We're not on the backside of the desert. We're right in the middle of the desert. So we just want to thank you that we're not here just by chance or just by this is where we live. We're here because you specifically placed us here to be at the center of your perfect will as believers on the earth. And Lord, we want to thank you for allowing us to be partners with Julius, with Ruth, with Jonathan, and what you called them to do. And Lord, as we give today, we want to thank you. It's going to be a real blessing to them for the work they're doing. And, Lord, we want to thank you also that your word says when we give, it's given back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over to men, given to our bosom. We just want to thank you that we're blessed, they're blessed, and, Father, we're going to do all we can do in this end time, last of the last days, to get the harvest in. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You bring your offerings up. Was everybody blessed today from the Word of God? Amen. Hallelujah. It's awesome to uh, just see and hear uh, the things that God is doing in India and how already has done. And we're excited to get to be a part of the future of everything going on there uh, with the peace mission in Gorakhpur. Did I say it right? Okay. All right. Good enough. Good enough. <laughs> Close enough. So, uh, amen. Well, what an awesome day together. We're going to go ahead and close things down this morning. Uh, we want to remind you that we have service tonight at 6. I'm going to be preaching on Psalm 23 a little bit more tonight about the Lord is my shepherd. And so we encourage you, if you're here tonight, uh, to, to come hear the word of God on that. Pastor, did you have something else? 
And then in the back there uh, by the bookstore, we have a table uh, with some information and products from uh, from Brother Julius Ministry. And so stop back there and uh, and, uh, and and grab something. And we know that's going to be a blessing to you and a blessing to them. And uh, praise God, man. Let's give the Lord one more shout of praise today. Amen. He is good and his mercy endures forever. All right. Well, we're going to close in prayer and then we're going to do our Barstow Faith Confession. You got an invitation today to invite somebody for Easter. Take advantage of this. This is your chance to get somebody in to hear the gospel. And we know that we're going to see an awesome harvest in Jesus name. Amen. Let's raise our hands together today as we pray. The Apostle Paul said of First Timothy that men everywhere ought to raise their hands in holy prayer. And that's why we do this. Father in Jesus name. We thank you, Lord, so much for the word that we have heard today. And Lord, we pray for your blessing to be upon Julius and Ruth and and, and Jonathan, Lord. And we thank you that as they go to India and anywhere else in this world, Nepal, that they are preaching the gospel. Lord, we already know you're with them, but we thank you that the word will have free course and that you are bringing absolute success and victory to their ministry. And we thank you for salvations and healings and miracles and everything else, Lord, you've called them to. And Lord, we thank you. You're doing the same thing at High Desert Word Center in Barstow. Use us this week, Lord, to be the light of the world and to show the love of Jesus to this high desert and everywhere we go. We love you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Can everybody say amen? All right. Let's speak some faith over Barstow and then you can be dismissed today. Amen. Let's say it together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We'll see you tonight.